Hello and welcome to the No Pressure Podcast. My name is Adam. My guest today is a musician who has toured the country multiple times and collaborated with some of the most major artists in the game today. He's also an entrepreneur and his latest venture, Miracle Sound Studios, is opening soon in Howell, New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian McGurr. Ian, how's it going? Hey, that's an introduction, bro. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Bro. It's going well. It's, it's, Absolutely. It's, uh, it's living. Life is good. Yes. So Ian and I met back in 2016 um, at a concert in New Jersey. We've always kind of you know, kept in contact. And What show did really we meet That was... Is it my show? I think so. Oh, that was the one with Raptor and Nick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, way, way back when. Yeah, that was quite a while ago. It's funny. I had a, another guest on here, and him and I were talking about how long ago we met, and it was at like a week or two after you and I met, and I was like, wow, this is going real far back. It's probably about six it's years crazy, now. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, ever since then, he's really just been on his grind, you know, working and a bunch of different projects. So, Ian, I'm going to kind of leave it open to you. Why don't you tell everybody about yourself, you know, where you've been, what you do, and all that. Yeah, so I kind of have um, – kind of have a little bit of an interesting, um, uh, I guess you could say journey in this business. I, uh, so I left college in 2014 to pursue a career as an artist. Um, I moved to LA in 2015. I lived there for a few years and obviously like, you know, being an artist is, is it's very difficult. You know, you, there's so many factors that go into it. Um, there's so many other so many other people that you have to rely on in order to not necessarily to make things happen, but you know, it's just like there are so many people and so many pieces that can stop working in order for it to fail. And what I learned over time was that like, I, well, I didn't want like to be the biggest artist in the world. I didn't want, you know, all of the things that come with it. Like I just wanted to be happy. You know, I just wanted to like enjoy what I was doing and do something that I like to do. So uh, during the pandemic, um, a friend and a friend of mine and I like built a shed studio. Like we bought like a brand new shed and like built it out into a studio. And it went crazy, bro. It was like, there was just like, I didn't even know that many people recorded around here because we had clients <laughs> every day coming in. And then, um, you know, I was kind of like, you know, if we have this space right now and it's doing so well, like, why don't we just like expand it? So I decided to go off on my own and, and sign a lease at like a, um, like a retail space. And now I'm just building the studio out. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's just, that's it. It just takes time. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. And one reason I was really excited for you to come on today is because you've had a lot of arcs and pivots, which is something we talk about a lot. And that there's a lot of choices that you have to make, whether they be micro or macro choices that kind of dictate how your career goes. And in the music industry, especially from what I found was it's all just pivots and important choices that you have to make. And you can go down one path or the other and kind of just keep going that way. So most people kind of don't really make it that far because they hit that first pivot and they're like, oh, oh, shit, you know, what am I going to do? Right. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of overcome that and stare at those two decisions and confidently make one of them? Well, I will say two things, and I'm glad that you asked this question because I'm kind of going through something in my personal life right now that like has a lot to do with what you just said. 
And it's like, we go through, we go through periods in our lives where, where we make pivots, right? Like you try something and it doesn't work. So you turn and you try something else. Right. And I would say that the truth of it is like, you just have to keep going. Like if you, if you make a turn and it doesn't work, then you say, all right, fuck it. It didn't work. So let's just move on to the next one. And in music or, or if you're a musician or, or a creative for that matter, you know, we tend to have these strange um, lives. Like our cycles are different. You know, we have weird sleep cycles. We, you know, we're always in our heads and, and a lot going on. And sometimes people can't hang around for that. Like, you know, like sometimes that, that bothers people or, or that's tough for people to, to, to uh, stick by on, you know, like, and for me, it's just like, I've realized that this whole, like, it, not even just in music, but in life, like everything is a pivot, you know, like you make a pivot every day. Like when you, when, when you're doing just little light things, it doesn't even have to be big ones, you know? And I think that like the most important thing that I learned in, you know, like when I hit my first pivot was like, it, it, it's about how you react to it. You know, it's like either are you going to be afraid or are you just going to go say, fuck it, like, let's just figure out what we got to do next. And that's kind of what I just did. I wasn't like really afraid. I, uh, I was like, you know what, let me just try. And if it doesn't work, we'll just try the next thing. And that's kind of how I've went through this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think what helps too is living with like a regret-free mindset. And one thing that I was told a few months ago that when I was kind of going through that same thing was, okay, you can either feel the regret for the rest of your life or you can get over whatever you're scared about right now, which kind of go through and push forward. And so for you, when you say keep going, that's the first thing I think of. It's, you know, you have those moments, right? You have those, well, I regret not doing this forever or, am I just too scared? And I'm kind of like masking everything as like, I don't really want to do this. And so for me, that's what helped. I was like, I I don't want to wake up and, you know, at 40, 45 years old and regret something that I did or didn't do when I was 20, 24. Now I just want to like go, you know, try things out. I think that's the big disconnect. Like try everything that you're passionate about. And if it doesn't work, you can say that you tried, but if it, you know, it does work, like the opportunities are abundant if you're actually passionate about the craft. And, and that's kind of what I'm going through right now in my personal life. It's like I um, find myself having days where I'm just like I feel bad about myself and like I just like don't want to do anything. And then there are days where I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Like I deserve so much more than what I'm getting right now. So why am I going to sit around and, you know, feel bad over shitty friends or like, you know, um, like one-sided love or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going to sit around and, you know, feel bad about myself for – for something that I can't control, you know, it's like you can accept it or you can sit around and sulk in it all day long. And I'm not doing that shit. No. You know? Yeah. Like life's too short. Like bad stuff is going to happen and it's, you know, it's going to hurt when uh, Nick Sincato was on here in the first episode, he talked about as like a person, you, you know, you get stabbed in the heart like 50 million times a day and it's just kind of make, making it through those stabs and like seeing the good. So it's really important to kind of just move through as an entrepreneur, even as a person, just see the good and chase the good and kind of just, you know, let get stabbed, but keep on moving. Yeah. And like, that's exactly the way that I feel too. Like, you know, like there are days where I don't want to get out of bed and I'm not happy. And, you know, I, 
drink or whatever I have to do to like, get through the day. And like, it's definitely not healthy, you know, like I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm trying to be better, but at the same time, it's like, you know, people don't realize like in this business, like, especially in music, like most of the time, like we are alone. Like, yeah, we're around people and like we're around collaborators, but like we're only around people like when we're doing our job. And then like you go home to your like little apartment and or your house or whatever it is. And like, you're just there. And it's just like, all that noise from like, whether it's a studio session or whatever it is, like it's gone and you're just there in your thoughts. And that's, that can become a dark place. You know, that can be, that can go downhill really, really, really fast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When I made the transition from working full time in an office environment to kind of do my own thing, that was the one thing I didn't really account for. It was like, yeah. you know, you go out and you go to events and all that. You try to network and shake hands and the whole thing. But then you come home and you're sitting in this office and you know, you're entirely by yourself. So yeah, that's why it's important to surround yourself with like very, you know, people who get it and who you can kind of hold close to. You don't yeah. have a lot of people around you. That's one thing that I kind of realized. It's like, you know, you can yeah. be around, you know, 40 people, 50 people at a time, but if you can retain like three solid friends throughout your life or even yeah. less than that, two or one, it's like, okay, you're doing this right. And you have those people to bounce things off of. Yeah. That's kind of what I've been learning now. It's like, I, I was just, I just got out of like a long-term relationship. It was like a two and a half year relationship. And um, you know, after the relationship ended and I kind of sat back and looked at like why it ended, I realized that like, there are not a lot of people out there that are down to stick it out while you're figuring it out. You know, like nobody has it all figured out. Even if you're, you have money, even if you're, you know, whatever, even if you're happy, you don't have it figured out. And like, what I've learned is like, you have you and that's it. And it doesn't matter if you know people make promises to you or or like you know in music you get promises all the time people promise i'm going to do this for you i'm going to do that for you and, and the same goes in you know uh inside of your relationships in your personal life like people will say that they want to stay down for the ride and you know they'll stick with you and then one day it's just like you know what i don't feel like waiting any longer and that, and, and it's okay you know like um it happens you know yeah. you can't but at the same time you know you got to you got to be prepared for those things you have to be prepared for things to pivot very, very fast. You know, just like you hit a wall and it just everything comes to a stop. And then you got to reevaluate yourself and figure out, like, where am I going to go next? Like, what's the next step? You know? Yeah. And like, it's, so. you know, it's it's a tough life as a creative just because yeah. it's a lot of figuring they don't everything understand. out. They don't understand. People don't understand us. You right. Know? Yeah. And so it's like, you can't, on one hand, you can't expect everybody to understand everything you're doing. But on the other hand, it's, you know, it's still your life, right? And every person at the end of the day, if you strip away the jobs, the desires and everything, everybody's still a person. And um, part of being a person is just, you know, you want to create these meaningful relationships, but passion is also something that is not something you should sacrifice because the second you sacrifice your passion, you lose that big piece of yourself from what I found. So you don't want to lose that. You want to keep going. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's definitely the truth. Like this, this whole project with Miracle Sound Studios was kind of like my, um, my uh, wake up call to like, all right, this is like, this is something, you know, so the space that I'm, I'm building the studio out of is a space that's been there for, for a long time. And it's been like empty for a long time. It's in like a, like a plaza. 
and it was empty. And like, I always used to drive past and be like, that'd be such a good spot for a studio. And then one day I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do it. You know, like I'm, what do I have to lose? You know? So I went and got in touch with the person who owned it and they were like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Within like two days I had the lease paperwork and we signed it and that was it. Yeah. And so I kind of want to get into the Miracle Sound Studios venture. Obviously, you know, studios are very good businesses, you know, when they're run properly and all that. I'm sure you've been yeah. to studios that are great and studios that are like, okay, this is all right. Um, when you're evaluating the opportunity of the studio, because obviously you have your undertakings of time, then you have to have a financial commitment into it. So you have to evaluate the opportunity holistically. How are you evaluating the business opportunity as something, you know, I should do this. Or if you have another opportunity, like I shouldn't do this, what are your key factors to a successful business venture that you've seen? Well, the, the one thing that helped me a lot was opening that first shed studio because, um, you know, my partner had his studio at his house and I was basically just engineering and doing all the sessions. And what I realized was like, there are just so many kids that want to record. And I kept my books and I did all my numbers and like, you know, you're talking about like an internal, like, like having a, a, a studio in your backyard is very internal. It's very like quiet, you know, like it's just word of mouth, you know, like you can't advertise uh, a backyard studio the way you can if it's like a real business. So I kind of evaluated the numbers and figured out like what it would cost for me to do it. And I was like, let's just send it like, you know, let's do it. So yeah, that, uh, that at, proven you know? concepts. Yeah, yeah like, like I had huge. A, I had a, I had a concept and it worked. And now it's just like taking the next step. And I think my goal for Miracle Sound Studios, besides the studio is I'm going to build like a sets for kids to shoot music videos in, um, you know, like maybe like three or four sets. Um, and yeah, just get it rocking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, on that side for the business owners who are listening to this, like proven concept is everything like if you're going to try to scale up so if you try something on a micro scale and it works that's enough concept for you to scale but if you're going you know into something nine times out of ten you're not going to want to dive headfirst until you have that concept with the studio you know the shed studio had business and it's, you knew that there was a market and that's something you can scale um as yeah, but you also to, have to take a risk you know you have to take yeah. you have to be willing to take that risk yeah absolutely and i think i think that risk starts too with like the micro version of everything right because exactly. even though it's not like you're at that grand stage yet you have to have those building blocks you kind of know also just how to operate because running a business is tough on the administrative side as well so if you can kind of narrow that down on a smaller scale when you go big and you have film sets and all that kind of stuff in your building it's like okay i already know how to do this it's the same thing it's just more of it which yeah. is super crucial to just any scalable operation for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I kind of scaled it based off of the amount of clients that I had. That's like really all I, I, I needed to figure out like, can this work or not? You know, like look at my overhead, see how much it's going to cost. And like, honestly, now, dude, like I'm at this point where I'm just trying my best to enjoy it and not like feel bad about anything yeah. like you know just live my life and, and do what i gotta do to have fun you know and that's it that's it that's all it is yeah you just you know when you're passionate about whatever you're doing it's making it work rather than just like you know being so upset about it it's just this is fun i want to take this time and i want to really reflect on it and take it in and enjoy it rather than like sitting you know i always say like 
when you're doing something, you have two ways of doing it. And you can either be driving the car and kind of not paying attention to the side of the road, not really stopping, or, you know, you stop, you pull over and like you take in the beauty around you on the road. And I think most yeah. successful businesses are just driving, they're stopping, they're enjoying the ride, they're enjoying the journey that comes with it because it's definitely a process. It's definitely a journey. So Bro, that's, that's what I try and do all crucial. the time. I try and do yeah. all the time. It's just like, you know, just like stop for a second and look around and like find myself and be like, I'm here. This is what I'm doing. You know, this is my life. And, um, you know, that's, um, I think that's important in, in internal happiness is just like taking a second to like, even when you're stressed out about work or like, you know, shit isn't working out. Like at the end of the day, like it's not the end of the world and you have tomorrow to try again. So like, what are you going to do sitting around like feeling bad when you have another chance tomorrow? You know, yeah. you just got to keep moving and, and, and stay positive. And, um, you know, that's the way that I feel about it. It's just like, try, you know, try, try, try until it, until it works. Yeah. You know, stay positive and stay focused and everything works. It's I, I, what... I read that Russ book. Sorry to interrupt you. I read that Russ book. Did you read it? Yeah, I did. There's a quote in this, in it. It's, it says, trust the what, fuck the when, and never forget the why. And like, I love that because it's like, trust what you want, fuck the when, like when it's going to happen, but never forget why you're doing it. And I love that. I love that quote. I thought that was, that was really dope. Yeah. It's huge. It's don't, it's like, don't rush your process, you know, be motivated by things you're motivated by and stay grounded, but there's no timeline for any of this, right? You could start your operation at 50 years old. And it could take you 10 years to get it done. Or you could start it at, you know, 20 and it would take you two years. Like there's no, there's no framework. It's just all about how much you want to put into it and then how you can manage and how you mentally do during the whole thing, whether it be, you know, opening a restaurant or studio or it's any kind of business. It's all about how focused and consistent you stay and things will work if you can do that. It's just when you derail, that's when things don't work out. Yeah, definitely yeah absolutely yeah that's the truth you know it's like i've i've had so many business like i've had so many business businesses or not businesses but ideas or or pathways that i've went on that failed Mueller because like i like gave up too early you know there's a lot of things that i have that in my head that probably could have worked really well if i was just patient you know so, but it is what it is, you know, a lesson is a loss or a loss is a lesson. So, you know, yeah, you just gotta, you know, take those lumps and take those stabs and just keep pushing yeah. forward. And I think, you know, on the music industry side of things too, one thing I kind of wanted to pick your brain about that I've been seeing a lot is artists. Now there's a whole wave of independence coming. And I yeah. think that as any industry person, you have to kind of pay attention to it where, between master's ownership and bigger revenue shares and all that kind of stuff, it seems like a lot more artists are kind of staying independent and not wanting to make that next step into the label side of things. But with that being said, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the argument on the music industry side is the labels need some kind of skin in the game in order to fund your operation. Where do you sit on that spectrum of like, you have people who absolutely not signing, giving up anything. Then you have your industry people who are like, you have to give up something to get something. Um, I don't think that there's a right or wrong. I think it depends on what you want. You know, like 
I think that um, you can either see there's, I feel like there's, there's different tiers of, of being a signed artist or an independent artist. I mean, you have independent artists that are huge and you have a major label artists that are huge as well, you know? And like with that comes like celebrity and, you know, this lifestyle outside of your music and where I, where do like, you said, where do I see my, like, uh, myself like, fall? Like, just like, what's your view on the situation? Uh, like, my, how do you, my view, view on the situation is like, um, if you're going to make a decision, make sure that it's not a short term mark. You know, make sure that you're sitting down and thinking about what this what this decision is going to do for the next five years of your life. You know, don't think about if you're going to sign a record deal. Don't think about the fact that tomorrow morning you're going to wake up with a hundred grand in the bank. You know, think about what's going to happen five years from now when you're on your seventh album and you know you're broke and you're living off of a loan from a label. You know, like make sure you do things with with. Uh, you know, pers- like persistence and diligence, like make sure you go into these things, like with good lawyers, good attorneys, um, you know, and, and talk to people that, you know, that have been through it. I mean, like Sammy Adams is one person that has helped me through so, so, so many like different, um, like situations in my career where I needed guidance, I needed help. And he answered my question, like it was nothing, you know? So, you know, just make sure you have guidance and make sure you, you think shit out before you do anything. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that a lot of younger artists aren't really realizing right now who are kind of just breaking into the game is like you said, that $100,000 advance, you know, eight out of 10 times is a loan. So it's like, they could sign you for five albums, and those five albums could take you five years, they'll say, Oh, we already gave you 100 grand up front. So what do you you know, what do you need more money for? And it's like you said, having that foresight to say, it'd be cool right now, but is it still cool in five years? No. And that's, that's kind of the way to balance that. It's making sure that you have that plan for the future. Like you said, making sure that you're able to set yourself up for success down the line. If this is the situation you put yourself in. Yeah. And also too, dude, like it's not hard to look at a deal and be like, this is a shitty deal. You know, like I've yeah. met with the majors. I've talked to people, you know, I've done all that shit and it's, Dude, it's like so easy to see when a deal is a shitty deal and when it's not a shitty deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's the important part of like, even if you don't have that, you have to have those great lawyers and you have to have those people on your team who are able to say, this is shit, even if you're not necessarily able because you're first one and you're all excited. It's like, no, like, don't do this. Um, so having those confidence and having people around you is huge for setting yourself up for success. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the truth, dude. Yeah, it's it's an interesting time in the industry with, you know, the uprising I think by, of people who want to be there. I think by 2030, 2030 the labels will be obsolete. Or yeah. at least close to it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I I think there'll be more in like a bad way. I don't yeah. I think there'll be more like there'll be more like marketing companies. They won't be like ownership like uh they won't be like the same way that they are now. That's for sure. I don't think that labels will have nearly as much power as they, as they do right now. 
Yeah, I think that they'll be more more on that investor side of things, and rather than being you know full blown like we own your songs or we own yeah. your life for the next five albums, like I think that's slowly going to go away. It's not it's not going to go away for a while because it's and you know they do control a lot of the industry still, but it'll trickle down to the point where it's not a thing anymore. Yeah, no, I I agree, I agree. It's just a matter of time. It's a matter of having like having that one artist that just goes crazy independent and then everybody's just like, Oh no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, so, Drake, like Drake was independent. Oh my God. I think it'll happen. I think he's gonna, I think he'll pull the plug at some point just because he has so much leverage now that he's not in a position where he really, you know, needs it anymore. Like if a Drake drops a song, he's still gonna, it's still going to be a Drake song. You know what I mean? Whether it's a Drake song through, you know, universal or it's a Drake song on his own, like it's still going to go just as crazy now. And there's no, it's such like a big machine. There's no way of really stopping it because so many people are behind it. That Like someone like that does it, you know, like it, it'll yeah. be no different. And then everybody else start doing the same thing. Cause why give away 30% or 50% or 70% of your revenue to some like that yeah i mean like dude you have you have these people that like just see a dollar sign and they don't even care how much like what percentage they have to give up they don't they just don't give a fuck and um which is fine you know it's cool but like at the same time don't come crying five years from now when you uh, it's when your song made a hundred mil and you got three. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the leverage of everything. And, you know, talking about leverage in general, obviously as a business owner, it's super important to kind of maintain. How would you say that like when you're negotiating things like, you know, leases and all that, how are you maintaining that leverage as far as like making sure that deals and everything are beneficial to you as the business owner, rather than being, beneficial to the other person i would say just be honest and like know what the other person's looking for um and don't don't justify thing like make a decision based off of what you think is right for the both of you because i think one-sided deals will always end up backfiring so if you can come to an agreement on something where it's like you're both like okay this is definitely fair and it definitely makes sense then there will it'll save that extra bullshit in the future you know yeah, absolutely. And I think that being concise and upfront with people is key. Like if you're negotiating anything, you know, one thing they always say is like drop your terms on the table and walk out of the room. So it's yeah. like, don't don't go about exactly. explaining yourself to say, Okay, I want this, they will provide this. And I think that's that's huge. Like having that opportunity to kind of create that leverage and then maintain it through the way you speak is massive and that translates to literally everything you could ever do like whether you're you know you're making a friend or you're trying to get something done or you know you have your own business it's like this is the price you know that's it and just keep that leverage say this if it doesn't work it doesn't work but what my big thing is never compromise yourself and route to try to make somebody else happy so it's like don't compromise what you want dude that is exactly what I'm going through in my life right now to a T, bro, to a T. And like, it's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done living that way. I'm, I'm finally like looking out for myself, taking care of myself. Um, 
And yeah, just don't do that because it's a recipe for disaster, bro. Recipe it really is. For disaster. Like, you have to, you know, you have to maintain your, your self-worth and self-identity through, through everything, regardless of what the situation is. You know, you always have to maintain that trueness to yourself. So that's what I found to be successful in my life. And that's kind of the way I'm just going to keep going um, on yeah. my side of things. And so, yeah. you know, on the topic, you have, you know, you have the Miracle Sound Studios operation launching soon. What would you say, like, your main overall goal is for Miracle Sound? Um, I want it to be a, a hub for kids to come in and just have fun. Like, I want I, the reason I called Miracle Sound Studios what it's called is because um, the name comes from a song. I had a song called Miracles back in 2014, and I wrote it for a kid who, who was a good friend of mine who broke his neck in a hockey game and was paralyzed from the neck down. And that's why uh, I called the studio Miracle Sound Studios because the song that I wrote for him was called Miracles. And um, I think that what I want the studio to be is to get back to why I made music, which was for helping people and having fun. And I don't want it to be some fan, like, you know, you have the fancy studios with the fucking, you know, everybody, you know, this whole cool, big vibe. But it's just for me, it's just like I want kids to come in, have fun, make music. And, and you know, I'm going to have pool tables and, you know, TVs and have the games on. I just want it to be like a place where people can enjoy themselves and have fun and like escape for a little bit, you know. And that's it. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't need it. I don't need it to be no fancy, um, you know perfect place i just need it to be something where kids can get their work done and have fun and get away and that's it absolutely i think that's super important in any community it's just like having that centralized like safe space to come and you know do what you need to do as like a kid and then you know get that music aspect done as well and expose people to the arts but yeah. mostly just you know have a have a place to hang out and have a place to kind of grow and you know be around other people who are into the same stuff you are like you even said, you had no idea how many people were making music up there to open that first studio. Bro. Like, and that was just connecting with you. Imagine if they all connected with each other. The operation just becomes so much bigger, and the goal and the mission just becomes way bigger than it is. Yeah, I had no idea how many kids around here recorded music. I had no idea. It, it yeah. was like what? Like we had kids every day, every day, a new kid. It was fucking crazy. Kids, I, yeah. you know, and you think a small town, like, you know, everybody that makes music, like, nope. Yeah, that, uh, that whole, the whole thing is nuts. You never know how many people do something until you actually do it like that. And so it's crazy to kind of see that. And it must have been super just interesting because you had these people coming to you and you were able to kind of give them advice from your career, kind of similar to the people that you've put around you for you. It's like you can of trickle course, that down bro. as well. Every time I'm in a session, I feel like I'm talking, I'm, I'm giving people advice about like, to be honest with you, like sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want to tell the story again. But then at the same time, it's like, no, I know it'll help somebody. So I might as well just tell them, you know? Yep. But Make yeah, those... no, I love it. I have a lot of fun. I, I have a yeah. lot of fun. I really do. Yeah, make those life-changing moments. Like, you never know. One story from you could change somebody's whole outlook on this thing. So, Dude, you have to... and, and that's the truth, is that you never know who you can impact. Yeah. That's that's kind of the greater theme of all of it, is, like, whatever you do, just, you know, do it to impact people in a positive way. And oh, yeah. 
That's crazy. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, so Ian, why don't you tell everybody, you know, where they can find you, social media, websites. This is the perfect social time to plug media. yourself. All right. So you can find me on social media at Love From Ian. Um, and you can find Miracle Sound Studios at Miracle Sound Studios. And uh, if you want my address, you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Ian, for coming on the No Pressure Podcast. This has been another episode. My name is Adam. I'm your host. See you next time.